around, only to gasp in terror as you realize it came from the Midwest. Hello, and thank you for adjusting your car's radio to the It Came from the Midwest, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. And Aaron. So go ahead and park, turn up that volume, because we are watching Lake Placid this week. Aaron, how's your week been going so far? Pretty good. I actually feel like this is the first weekend, you know, aside from yesterday, that I have had the chance to just kind of sit down and, and not really have to do much. Like, there's no obligation. However, you have very different obligations. No, I've been up almost... God, I've had the past three days off, and it's been spent almost eight hours a day, if not more, preparing for school that starts tomorrow. Yeah, I I feel your pain. I mean, I don't feel it because I've never had to do it, mm-hmm. but I totally can understand being in the same house with you. But it's okay. <laughs> I got templates going on, then it's going to be a matter of just getting into a rhythm of, hey, this day I do this, this day I do that, and hopefully I'll get into a schedule and... Things will be much easier. You'll get there. I know it. Before we jump into the podcast, let's start it off with some coming attractions. Coming soon to a drive-in near you. Welcome back to Coming Attractions, where we discuss some things we're looking forward to. Aaron, what do you got this week? I think that I talked about it last week, but I'm really excited for Halloween Horror Nights. (laughs) You know, we've been talking about it kind of almost on and off. We've been watching some YouTubers who who live down in Florida or who are down there regularly in the parks, just kind of updating us. And, you know, after watching some of the movies that we're going to see reiterated or reimagined as haunted houses, I'm kind of excited. I'm going to second that because by the time this episode comes out next week, we'll hopefully be in Orlando, knock on wood, as long as nothing really bad happens. Right. But we'll hopefully be in Orlando at that point. So by the time, not this episode, the next episode comes out, we'll be in Orlando. If you follow our socials, we will probably be live streaming from there at certain points. We have our Instagram. We have our Twitter. Make sure you're following our socials again. Please share our Twitter account. We do have the poster contest still going. It is not going to end until we get 100 followers on our Twitter account. Once we do, we give out that poster. And then it makes way for some more contests coming up. So if you want some more kind of cool stuff, be sure to share that Twitter account. We'll hopefully be live streaming at some point for Halloween Horror Night. So that should be a blast. We are currently watching The Haunting of Hill House. We have a couple episodes left. I don't know how it happened. We just had never seen the show up until this point. Nothing had gotten spoiled for us. So it has been a wild trip for us. And I, for one, love it. I just don't even know where it's going. Like, that's what's crazy is that I feel like usually you have inklings about things, which I guess you could say I do, but I really, I have no certainties. So whenever something comes up, I'm like, holy shit whoa (laughs) or like what the heck so it's been really exciting but that's our coming attractions for this week so let's jump into the podcast here of course this week's theme is pets i know the movie we chose is a little outside of the box but it still kind of works that's right 
I mean, Betty White has it as a pet. What's your history with pets? Obviously, we have two cats and a dog here right now, but what kind of pets did you have in the past? Did you have anything wild and crazy? I had two hermit crabs, a guinea pig, and many cats. Like, we've had... And most of my cats, we actually found, I don't want to say in the wild, but they were like stray cats. So um, the only cat I think that they was actually that was actually purchased was my grandma's cat, and he was a Himalayan Siamese mix. So all my other cats were mutts. I've had dogs and cats over the course of my entire life. There was a period, though, in high school. I'm not, I'm not going to say I wouldn't do it again, either. I had like a zoo living in my room. I had a, <laughs> I had a corn snake. I had a gecko. I had some tree frogs. I had some firebelly newts. I had a ferret. Oh, what else did I have during that time? I had a Pac-Man frog. I had some hermit crabs too. I had a turtle. I had a whole bunch of stuff. I was really like into animal. Like I still am. I love animals, but they were great pets. But I suppose that's the weirdest thing. <laughs> we ever had i mean i've known people to have like raccoons or things around us i also on subject with this there was a dude that lived near a lake that he did have some baby crocodiles as pets mm. that, in like a gas station i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later on in the episode in terms of having crocodiles in a place where we have really frigid winters because i've got some neat stuff about that as well but this week we watched lake placid and Oh boy, <laughs> we'll get into some stuff and tasty refreshers here in a second here. But let's start this episode off. Lake Placid. And now, on with the show. It has existed since prehistoric times. It was worshipped by primitive cultures. It can kill a man with one crushing bite. We heard a man was bit in half. Any recent bear attacks? Bears don't attack people underwater. Probably a fever then. What was that? Whatever's out there, home shot with this, he's dead. Oh, no. Sheriff, how many deputies you got? You came here to help you find it. We can't let him kill it. Experience a few parts mystery. Do you have any theories why he's here? Honestly, I don't know. And a few parts... <laughs> missing. It's a human toe. Is this the man who was killed? He seemed taller. Oh, my God. Shoot him! No! How much of a wacko is this guy? Bridget Fonda. Mother! Totally safe. This summer, the Earth's oldest creature has just found a new home. Lake Placid. Lake Placid, 1999, directed by Steve Miner, written by David E. Kelly. Aaron, it's that time of the show now. Go ahead, give us a brief synopsis of Lake Placid. Okay, so this isn't going to be my fault. Like, <laughs> so there's this woman at the museum, and she had a thing with her boss, but then a co-worker had a thing with her boss, which is why you never have relationships like that, okay? And I guess... Who's the woman? She's blonde. 
Kelly. Kelly. Kelly is the woman. And she gets sent to Maine, which, according to this movie, is the worst. Like, they make Maine out to be the absolute worst. Maine is the worst. You oh. have killer clowns <laughs> and sewers. No, but I'm saying they don't make it out to be the worst. You have spooky in, like, vampires. No, they're saying that people in Maine are, like, river people. Like, they, they live in trailer. Like, they made them out to be backwoods like people. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know if Maine is necessarily that. Anyway, I'm off track. Okay, she meets up with the sheriff and I think the fishing and recreations. Yeah, fishing and game. Yeah, fishing and game man. Jack. <laughs> yes. And I, I guess she was sent there because she's a paleontologist and supposedly there's a large gator in the lake. And then this famous gator scientist who knows everything about them <laughs> suddenly a, shows he's up a mythology professor <laughs> she's he suddenly shows up in a helicopter and is like i heard that this was here but we don't know how but anyway so nothing happens for a while and then all of a sudden there's a giant gate in the water and it's thirsty for blood and also betty white killed her husband and is feeding the gator and she gets in trouble with the police. And in the end, the ethical dilemma of do you kill the gator or do you, you know, do you save it? And, you know, I won't spoil it for anyone because I want you to know that at bottom of the box. But Betty White continues to feed gators. <laughs> and that was the movie. <laughs> that I remember wow. It. <laughs> Lake Placid tells the story of paleontologist Kelly Scott as she's sent to Maine to investigate a mysterious murder of some unknown large carnivorous creature. As they begin the investigation, we have our professor Hector Sire who comes in claiming that he thinks that the creature may be a large crocodilian beast, which turns out he's absolutely correct. As the events of the movie unfold, our cast of characters have to decide is this a creature that needs to be exterminated, or is it a wonder of nature that needs to be protected? Okay, it was until the end I was like, no, this plot makes it sound way better than it is. But at <laughs> <laughs> the end, then I was like, oh yeah, no, that's that's about right. But that's Lake Placid here. Let's talk a little bit about our introductions to Lake Placid in Tasty Refreshers. Hungry? Thirsty? The snack bar is open. Visit your theater stand to satisfy your cravings. Stop in for one of our signature tasty refreshers to satisfy your thirst. A simple sip will take you on a memory trip, so drink up a tasty refresher. Welcome back to Tasty Refreshers, where we talk about our history of Lake Placid. This movie is unique for the podcast because we had both seen this movie before. Aaron's got much more of a relationship with this movie, I guess. Aaron, what is your relationship with this movie? Well, it's so weird because my parents and I... Like, I don't want to say we quote Lake Placid, but we have memories of watching it together. And we always talk about how Betty White's so funny in the movie. Betty White's funny in every movie she's ever been in. So that's not fair. But I, I don't know. It sucked because when we were doing Pets and I, he brought this up, I was like, oh my God, Lake Placid, it's so good. Because I remembered watching it with my parents and stuff. And I won't spoil it, but <laughs> we watched this movie and I was like, man... How long has it been since I watched this movie? <laughs> and what do I actually remember about this movie? Because it just seemed very different and hit different today than it did, you know, back in the 2000s. It's weird because the amount of times I've heard you talk about Lake Placid is numerous and many. 
and I don't think we've ever watched it before as a couple. Obviously not, and we've been dating for a while now. So it had, yeah, like you said, it had to have been like early 2000s. I can't remember the last time I saw Lake Placid. It probably was high school, but I know my introduction to this was my parents were having a party and they had a whole group <laughs> of people in the living room and they were watching Lake Placid. And this was, again, I, as a child, I was terrified of horror movies, but like intrigued by them. I liked spooky things. I liked animal movies, I guess, as well. So I hid under the kitchen table and watched part of Lake Placid and was terrified of it as a small child. But then in like the 2000s, I would watch it every once in a while with friends or whatever. But yeah, it's been a it's been a hot minute since I'd seen it as well. And oh boy, this movie is a trip. Yeah, this movie was, like I said, I feel like I don't remember. I just don't remember this. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm not going to say I don't recommend this movie by any means or be like, oh man, I hate this movie, but it's a curious movie. I have many questions about this movie. Like, number one is, why? <laughs> why does this movie exist? I don't know. There was like a weird period when this movie came out that for some reason, giant animal movies or like well, yeah, nature attacks movies, because like Anaconda came out about the same time too. Yeah. It's... I don't know what the craze for it was. You know what this movie kind of feels like? It feels like it's almost in the same vein as like a Tremors ripoff in a mm. way. It's got the same kind of tone as something like Tremors, but not as smart or good, I guess. That's fair. <laughs> There's like among my questions for this movie is where did the crocodile come from? How did they know there was a crocodile there? Why'd they send a paleontologist? Why did they send a paleontologist <laughs> to investigate a giant crocodile? Well, it wasn't even, like, I don't even know how they knew. I mean, they knew that a guy died, but, like, I don't know. There were just a lot of things where I was like, man, I feel like I could have used at least another 20 minutes, except then you'd have to hear more of the script, which was also a little iffy sometimes. I don't know. And then there's a weird kind of tonality to the movie. It almost feels like they wanted to make, like, a pg-13 kind of like adventure romp or something but then that, towards the end of it they were like no 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 you have to put in some gore effects and stuff so we got some questionable gore effects in the movie that we'll talk about in killer slices but oh man this movie it's real interesting it was one of those movies where i found myself laughing more than i did like actual you know being scared or being shocked it was more of like Ah, uh, yes. Why, though? <laughs> but let's wade into the water and start off with some character combos. A trip to the snack bar wouldn't be complete without a bit of everything. Let our loyal cast and characters introduce themselves and save you a buck on a character combo. Welcome back to Character Combos as we talk about our cast and crew in this movie. We have Bridget Fonda as Dr. Kelly Scott. We have Bill Pullman as Jack Wells from Parks and Recreation. We have Oliver Platt as Hector Sire. We have Brandon Gleason as Sheriff Keogh. And we have Betty White as Mrs. Bickerman here. 
I know, I think I know what the answer is going to be, Aaron, but who is your favorite character of Lake Placid? Yes, you're right. It's uh, Betty's dead husband. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because Betty. he escaped this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It's Betty White. I, uh, I fucking love how she's just like, yeah, sure, Officer Fuckface, and she's like fucking so years old. This movie is I fucking smarmy. I don't, there's like a... The movie is so over the top and it's smarminess. You're like, what the hell is going on with all of these people? Well, I just love how she's like walking that cow out there and she's like, okay, dinner. And then she just kind of walks away. She's like, oh, oh shit. Okay, well, enjoy that. <laughs> I have to go with my favorite character is Hector Sire, who's Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt is an actor in my mind. He's a character actor where like, he can do no wrong. He kind of, he almost feels like the guy that's not during the time anymore, but especially like today, like, oh, we can't get Jack Black. Let's get Oliver Platt, which is not a fair assessment. I can see why someone would think that, but man, I love me some Oliver Platt. Like for me, carries this movie. The rest of the cast is just kind of very blah. He's the professor. Yeah, yeah, right? the, the professor of mythology. I feel like him and Betty White are are so funny in this movie that it's like but but that's the thing right funny the tone, might be a strange. i don't know i thought for... he was funny when he was hiding in the trees and the sheriff was going to take a piss and he's like what are you doing and i'm like what are you doing in the trees you weirdo <laughs> i don't know because the thing with and i'm sure maybe this is the case too i almost wonder if his character is a rewrite for this movie where they're like we need some like comedy in this movie or something there's just awkward little encounters with him but okay don't get me wrong i think they work for oliver platt if it was anybody else i don't know if they could pull it off but i love me some oliver platt and he actually works pretty well with brendan gleason's character well i think so too the the two characters that i really don't understand are our leads bridget fonda i walk away from this movie Every single time I watch it, I forget Bridget Fonda was in this movie and Bill Pullman was in this movie. And they, they're they supposed to have this weird love connection with each other. And man, they have the chemistry of dirt amongst them. <laughs> I think what's so funny about that is that I'm sure it happened, but to me it wasn't very memorable or it must not have been memorable. I remember Kelly like falling off the boat <laughs> like twice, but I never actually remember her being like this super strong independent like i'm a full wild woman now usually she's like oh my god my hair or oh my god like it's not only that there's a couple times she screams in the movie and i almost think that it's not her screaming they just went to like a sound catalog and searched (laughs) woman scream because there's a couple screams that they sound like canned screams almost not quite like a wilhelm scream but you know what i'm talking about there's a couple screams i'm like i've heard those in other movies before i just think yeah no as a main character she just seemed like she didn't need to be a main character i guess i mean you needed one but i don't know what she contributed as much as some other people and it's weird she hasn't really the last thing she was in was like a snow queen made for tv movie in like the early 2000s mm-hmm. she's married to danny elfman now so she hasn't been in a lot of things and that does not help her career for me in terms of like trying to place who she is like when the movie started off i had to stare at her for a while and go who is this actress and then it was like the dawning later on like oh it's bridget fonda i haven't thought about bridget fonda in a long ass time <laughs> And I hate talking about the chemistry of dirt between both of them because I love me some Bill Pullman too. And man, he just, 
he disappears in this movie in the bad I was just way. Like, gonna I always say forget that. about him. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what he did. No offense. Like, I can't even remember how it ended with him or, like, what he did. I mean, I don't think he shot it. Did he? There's a sequence towards the end. We'll talk about that bottom of the Sorry. box. Yeah. That, but he gets involved with arguing with them about, are we going to save the crocodile? Or are we going to take it out? Yeah, it's everything that's memorable about this movie is the Betty White stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff with the sheriff is pretty memorable, but a lot of it's Oliver Platt. Like the big famous sequences we get, like the crocodile attacking the the helicopter. That's the mm-hmm. Oliver Platt scene. Oliver Platt scenes in the bear scene. There's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie is the part where it's the sheriff and he steps in the trap and he gets it up and he's oh, stuck yeah. up in the tree. And Oliver Platt cuts him down and they get to this weird little scuffle with each other too. Or later on, is it is it Oliver Platt that finds the toe? I can't even remember yeah, that. Yeah, he picks he it picks up. up the toe and they're going and he goes like, Oh, does this look like the man that yeah. disappeared? <laughs> and the sheriff does the No, he was taller. <laughs> but just a weird group of assortment of actors that just kinda Although you did mention the chick who was trying to get with him every so often. Oh was, yeah, uh... the the deputy, it's Patton Oswalt's wife. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't remember her character's name, but I just remember seeing her going, like, oh, that's Patton's wife. <laughs> I got a <laughs> kick out of that. Yeah, will... Oh, it was because Kelly was like, so do the guys in Maine, like, you know, get horny at night or whatever? And I'm like, what kind of question is this? Why are you like, what kind of questions are these about this state? I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of, I feel like the script needed a couple of rewrites or something. There's, like I said, there's weird smarminess to this movie. There's just, I don't know. It's got a weird tone about it. And like, in the same way that what we talked about a couple weeks ago, we have that weird kind of shift for Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, where it goes from like horror movie to kind of just whimsical fairy tale. It's still, it doesn't tip the balance where the movie is like ruined for me or anything. The shift of this movie from being a horror movie to the, oh, we need to like save the crocodile is so abrupt and weird that (laughs) it takes me out of the movie, but in like a comedy way where I'm like, what the fuck are we watching now? Oh my gosh. Well, we've talked quite a bit about the characters or that lack thereof. The lack thereof, (laughs) I suppose. But let's get into like the, the big grittiness of this movie and talk about some killer slices. Hot, fresh, and deadly delicious. Our snack bar supplies the best slices and dices of pizza with a secret sauce that allows a special effect. A mouth-watering pizza with a killer slice. Welcome back to Killer Slices, where we talk about the special effects and kills in this movie. Let's start on a good note. The animatronics in this movie of the crocodile are fucking awesome. Yeah, they are. Like, there's some neat stuff about that. Let me point this out, too. They say throughout the entire movie, the crocodile is 30 feet long, correct? Am I, I wrong so. in that? No, I think that's right. They, like, I remember that number all the time. And every time I see the crocodile, I'm like, there's no way that crocodile's 30 feet long. It's got to be bigger than that. The animatronic for the crocodile is about 40 some feet long. Oh, Jesus. They have the crocodile on a flatbed truck. A typical flatbed truck is about 45 feet long. And that crocodile stretched across oh, yeah. the entire thing. Uh-huh. So obviously the crocodile is about 45 feet long. So that makes more sense to me. Also, that scene I was talking about there, I'm pretty sure it was just them moving the crocodile to the set and someone just filmed it. So that's kind of fun. I understand that like they had to incorporate CGI because 
the animatronic obviously one was heavy and two couldn't move mm-hmm. probably the way they wanted it to. Oh, let me but- get into that here. For the movement of the crocodile, they've learned effects for creatures over the years. Like Jaws, the part of the reason that you don't see the shark a lot of the time is because the shark would always stop working. Because <laughs> as the, the special effects team said about this movie, water always wins. If we're going to film stuff in water, always be wary of water because water will ruin everything. Water is so fucking devastating oh. to anything. It's not even funny. Well, it, it didn't ruin this movie by any means. They just had to, okay, we have to put like three layers of paint on there. We have to like waterproof everything multiple times. And like, we're going to have to patch up this alligator multiple times, not alligator, crocodile, this crocodile multiple times throughout this movie. They just talked about that, about how to like run hydraulics underwater early on. So that's what they had to use for this movie. But water will degrade like super glue and the latex. So they constantly had to fix all that stuff on the crocodile. And that was some stuff they anticipated. However, they were like, oh, we got to figure out how to get the crocodile to move in the water. And they were figuring out aspects of that. The crocodile animatronic is so fucking big that then when they stuck it in the lake and they were like, okay, let's turn it on to see how it moves in the water. It could propel itself and swim like an actual crocodile, which was a huge win for the movie. Or if they thought they had to make the crocodile move a little bit faster, they would like tether it up to a boat or something and pull it so it would move a little bit quicker. But there's a lot of sequences of the movie, like the helicopter scene where it's the crocodile coming up out of the water. We have like the scene where it's Hector in the water and the crocs behind him. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, though, that's pretty common in today's marketplace for movies that some of the CGI effects are put in there to cover up the animatronic or they refilm stuff just to use the CGI characters. I think there's, I don't know how much of the time is varied between animatronic and CGI, but I know altogether with CGI crocodile and animatronic crocodile, there's like three minutes and 30 seconds. You see that both like either one on the screen at one point. I feel like that's kind of like trying to do a Jaws thing right like i mean and you mentioned it kind of when we were watching it because i asked that and it's also really expensive to move right. up an animatronic crocodile and the cgi for the time as well and the cgi honestly of the crocodile wasn't that bad i mean you could tell it's bad by today's standards right but right but i don't think right. it was bad then however <laughs> there was one part in this movie and i'm okay i am not observant i think i've talked about this in this podcast multiple times however i was proud of myself where i caught a cgi moment in history <laughs> That was just, you know, exactly, exactly that. A CGI moment in history. It was right at the beginning of the film when they're pulling the man who got murdered out of the water. If you got caught... murdered. Okay. The by crocodile's got a vicious yes, attempt to go like, I'm going to fucking kill anything that comes in this water. He's got a thirst for blood. But they pull half of his body out of the water. And mm-hmm. if you pause it right as he's getting pulled into the boat, it looks like fucking confetti it looks ribbons. like silly it's, it looks like silly putties like, dripping off of the boat it's oh, so I, fucking bad no, i love it though like but that's the thing like we paused it but who wouldn't have paused it i don't think it would have been no <laughs> it was pretty noticeable because we paused it and went back because we were like what the fuck was that let's go back and it was weird silly putty half dude that coming know, up out of the water i just feel bad i don't want to like shit on this movie i just thought it was funny because i think that's just oh i'll shit on that because that's another effect that why couldn't you have done that with like an animatronic or a makeup effect or something i guess that's true. it's just some weird little thing that they were like oh it'll obviously look better with cgi 
and you get silly putty dude coming up out of the water. But I think, so I haven't seen the new thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know it went through the producers. And oh, you're, they, you're they talking about the prequel of the thing? Yeah, okay, yeah, well, because oh, yeah, that movie I thought, messed the, up. well, the 80s effects were so cool, and those were all practical, and then they said, no, let's go through a well, CGI. Well, the practical effects for this movie are cool. No, I know, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that CGI can be really good for a movie, or it can make a movie look really cheap yeah it's like, it's, you know a, I mean? it's a tool that somebody has to use because i'm not gonna shit on cgi i love for example the new planet of the apes movies yeah. and those movies look fucking great <laughs> but then yeah you get some stinker movies sometimes but this is like an awkward period where i feel they felt inclined that we have to put cgi in everything just because yeah. this is 1999 jurassic park came out like mid 90s 95 94 i forget the exact date off the top mm-hmm. of my head and so everybody was like, everybody wants CGI in their movie because Jurassic Park made a fuck ton of money and people were astounded by the effects. Therefore, we need to do that too. I mean, that's fair, but it, it was that moment, that moment we caught in history that I was like, that does not look like human innards. <laughs> but there's a lot of weird kind of makeup effects or like CGI effects in here. Like anytime the crocodile, the CGI effects on the crocodile when he's up on land running about, it definitely is dated there's also something about the way that it moves it does not look natural like when he grabs the bear and goes Mm -hmm. back into the water the bear doesn't move Mm -hmm. quite right either i don't know it's something where like they needed like a more cup like some more passes to go through to like make the animal movements a little more natural and it probably obviously was something like this is fucking expensive we can't do this like, it, you get one shot at making this look good. I have multiple questions in terms of, like, the gore effects in this movie. We have the scene where the crocodile shoots out of the water and rips the head off of that deputy. Oh, yeah. Which everybody's just kind of like, oh, what was his name? He's dead. Oh, okay, let's continue on with the movie. They don't even take a break. They're like, oh, a dude got his head fucking knocked off by some beast in the water. Best time to go back out in the water, I suppose. You see the force of the crocodile, like, shooting out of the water, breaking things. It fucking takes down a grizzly bear. I know it's going to be in the bottom of the box, but I gotta talk about it right now. Towards the end of the movie, it's revealed there's two crocodiles. And Hector's in the water, like, pointing out the main one that's that's stuck inside the helicopter. Like, we did it, we captured him. And then a second crocodile comes up out of the water... And almost like, haha, I got you. <laughs> and just drags him slightly in the water. Yeah. Like, oh my god, there's two. And it just sits there and it's like, hey. And then they blow the fucking head off of it. We're watching a movie where 45 minutes earlier, the crocodile, the sheer force of the crocodile coming up out of the water, blew a dude's fucking head off. And now we've got a guy just being like, ah, I gotcha. Pulling him into the water. I don't understand. It was a lot, but I, I don't know. I... I just think it's funny. I know maybe it wasn't supposed to be funny, but like, it's just like you said, like it's a trip, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to be pessimistic or want to be pessimistic because it's just, I had a good time watching it. It just, oh I, no, I had a blast watching it. When I movie, consider it, yeah, yeah. It's almost skewing towards the line of like the reason that, oh, The Room is one of the best movies ever oh. made. It's not quite there, but it's. It gets I, I real close to that from. line. Yeah. Which which puts it in the classic category, right? Like something you could watch like and have a good time. <laughs> mm, sure, if you want to say that. I'll say it. <laughs> There's also the special effect of the cow getting dipped into the water. Guess how they did that? You mean like the... Uh... Like when they're baiting the crocodile and they're dipping the cow in the water going like, come and get it. Like they're teabagging the water I mean, but with a cow. Did they actually have a cow hanging from a helicopter? 
Uh, it wasn't hanging from a helicopter, but they did have a cow that they strapped up and just dipped in the water a whole bunch of times. So cool, (laughs) I guess. Poor cow. He was like, am I getting paid for this? He got paid in a lot of moolah. Did this movie make a ton of moolah? Oh, we'll get into that. that, Now I'm really curious. We will get into that. I guess we talked a little bit about killer slices here. How about we go into some freshly popped scares? Calm your nerves with our famous popcorn. Served oh so buttery and oh so salty. A combination so delectable it's scary. That's why it's known as our freshly popped scares. Welcome back to Freshly Popped Scares where we talk about the terror of this movie or the lack thereof. Aaron, what was the scariest point of this movie for you? I'm trying to remember if there was a point in which I just jumped. Like, you know what I mean? Not necessarily scared, but if I jumped. I'm assuming, because I hadn't seen this in a while, just whenever, like, the croc would pop up somewhere. By the way, I've been calling it a gator through half this podcast. It's, it's a, a croc. Sorry about that. saltwater crocodile. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I think it would just pop out out of nowhere... I would get spooked, but I wouldn't consider myself scared during this movie. I think it was more of a, huh, there he is. <laughs> this movie's not scary at all. The closest thing we get to terror is just in the first couple seconds of the movie with the diver and that beaver comes up out of nowhere. The beaver. That's the scariest thing in this movie. The rest of this movie, it's not scary. It just, it feel, like I said, it feels like they were making a PG-13 movie and they were like, this ain't working. Throw in some gore. And then throw in some gore. I wonder if, man, I'm not like a, a writer or a director or anything in that even like wheelhouse. But I just wonder if this could have been saved with a few like rewrites as far as like, I think that the big No, the movie is perfect how it is. Oh, I refuse. Okay. I don't want to see the remake of Lake Placid where it's like balls to the wall terrifying. Oh, okay. This movie is perfect Well, the way here's it what is. I'm saying though. If they wanted to make it more of a horror than it is kind of like a comedy right now, what what would you relate it to is what I'm saying. Because at one point, I think you said that they were trying to make like a Jurassic Park. Well, I'm wondering if that's just why we get a slew of these creature feature movies is because Jurassic Park was such a big fucking hit. Mm -hmm. So that came out in like 94, 95. This movie came out in 99. Anaconda came out about this time as well. So by the time that Jurassic Park was out in theaters and was a big fucking hit, it would have been the movie studios going like, we need one of those. Let's find some scripts, put a team together, and start filming these giant creature feature type movies. because the end of this movie does feel, in a way, like, you know, how it it was the whole, in Jurassic Park, how they were like, we can't destroy them Mm -hmm. or kill them or whatever. I want to see see the edit of this movie. Where it's the entire movie, nothing's been touched, but the final sequence of the crocodile being pulled down the highway on the flatbed truck with the Jurassic Park. (laughs) 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 Sound playing over the top of it. Okay, but maybe maybe he was being delivered to Jurassic Park. You don't know. Like, maybe he's prehistoric. I mean, I think they said he wasn't, but... No, they don't answer anything in this movie. They're just like, he's here, I guess. It's not even the he's fact... He's where he wants to be. Get I, off his back. Before we started watching this movie, I could have sworn what it was is that Betty White and her husband brought the crocodiles there and they just somehow got that big. No. They talk about it in the movie that Betty White and her husband are living on the lake 
which is also fucking weird to me that they have this giant lake and nobody goes out there ever. But it's Betty White and her husband living on the lake and they just find the crocodiles and start feeding them like, oh, look, they're our friends. Well, one, I would visit Betty White if it were me. Like, if I were a crocodile, I would visit Betty White. Two, you don't know what she's feeding them. Maybe it's like the she's blood feeding of, them cows. We saw the that blood in the movie. of newborn virgin cows. <laughs> we saw it in the movie. She feeds them cows. I know. I said the blood of newborn virgin. And apparently, cows. her husband by accident. Oh yeah, by accident. But that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But that's some freshly popped scares for you. So let's take an intermission and talk about some crocodiles. Attention all thrill-seekers and horror show addicts. We interrupt your program for an intermission. Welcome back to Intermission, where we're talking about some crocodiles. Because if you're not aware, it's also, by the time this episode comes out, Flat Boy Friday! Pew, 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 pew! Flat Boy Friday. <laughs> so we have crocodiles here. How old do you think crocodiles get? Well, I know turtles live super long. I'm just trying to think of like... A lot of reptiles have very long yeah, lifespans. Yeah, so I'm trying to think, can I get like... I'm going to feel dumb. Like 70? Wow. You have that right on the dot. Like 70 years in the oh, wild. Oh, woo! They, I think they do have some recorded that they can maybe live longer in That's captivity, crazy. but it's also kind of a hard gauge for them to go like exact years. If they caught him in the wild, and they brought him into a, a zoo. Right? How would you know how yeah. long they live? Before? I mean, they can tell they can tell some stuff, but they can't pinpoint exact mm-hmm. ages. Yeah, they think they estimate on average about seventy years. So the saltwater croc in the entire crocodilian family is the biggest crocodile in the family. How big do you think? crocodiles get the one in this movie again they say is 30 obviously is bigger than that yeah so how big do they get in the wild or not even the wild like in general i'm gonna say 20 feet it feels a little late a little big the largest crocodile ever recorded was in captivity their name was lolong and they were 20 feet long whoa hey i'm on a roll today so the crocodile in this movie is about two times the size of Lolong was. Oh, crap. <laughs> There's also, have you ever heard the term of like crocodile tears? Yeah, like fake tears. Yeah, yeah. But, cro- but crocodiles don't cry, right? Because they don't oh, have eyelids. They do. Oh, they do. They do. Oh. They have found, found out that they do indeed cry, but they think what it is is a lubrication thing for them because it's mostly they've seen them when they eat or something that they'll, mm-hmm. they'll tear up and cry. But I think it's because, oh, they've been whipping their head around and rolling and things like that. It's a means to clean out their eyes. Oh, cool. So that's some fun stuff. Yeah. This movie also, this isn't really a crocodile fact. Have you ever heard of the film Alligator? It sounds familiar. It's an 80s horror movie where it's it's a giant alligator, like, living in the sewers in New York City that's attacking people. Nice. It's pretty great. Do they come out of the toilet? Well, I think that's where it comes from as they yes. get, as a baby to get flushed down the toilet and then it's a giant alligator in oh the sewer. There's a sequence in the movie. I think this is the first alligator. I could be wrong, but it does come up out of the sewer and it attacks a wedding. This is 80s, so the crocodile in that movie is 100% just like puppets and animatronics. Crocodile and or alligator? Alligator. Okay. Alligator. I just want to make sure. Yeah. It was called alligator, but you know, maybe they have both. Yeah, know. no, it's, it's alligator. Because I mean, that's what the myth is. that They flush baby alligators down the toilet. Crazy. This movie has like a lot of like quick nods to it. Mm-hmm. Like they talk about something about, oh, maybe the crocodile was flushed down the, the toilet. And they say, I can't remember what they say exactly, but it's a direct reference to alligator. Mm. 
there's like the toe scene in the movie where they're <laughs> talking about he was taller as a reference to alligator. There's I don't remember the exact quote. There's something where a character says they they were taller in that movie. So there's a lot of neat little like jabs at alligator cool. as well. Let's talk about the speed of crocodiles. How fast do you think a crocodile can get on land? Oh man, I think they're faster than people think they are. They are faster than people think they are, but they're um... not that fast. If you were on land and a crocodile got up on all four legs and started running at you, could you get away from the crocodile? I I think you could. I think you could get away, but I I don't know if you like the way they snap their head around and you know what I mean. I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say seven miles an hour. They can get up to twelve miles okay. per hour on land. You can still outrun them. You can yes. outrun them pretty easily. Yeah. That's pretty quick for something that people think are these big lazy reptiles walking across the land. Yeah, but I think that what, like, so we watched that video. I think I showed you that video of that alligator or crocodile. I can't remember what it was. That caught on to that handler and they barrel oh, roll. Oh, yeah, they're trying or to they, bear, and It's they, called a death roll is what they're which, doing, yeah. But I guess then again, he was in water. So, I yeah. mean, he's way faster in water than he is Oh, they're much faster land. in water. They can reach up to 20 miles per hour in water. Okay. I won't that, be able to outswim. <laughs> that they're, they're real quick in water. And that also explains, like, they're known as opportunity killers. They'll sit at, like, the riverbank and then they jump up out of the water and grab something. So they can get 20 miles per hour up out of the water and grab something. Talk about a horror movie, okay? Why yeah. can't we include, like... Well, they do. I mean, it grabs the, the grizzly bear. But here's the deal with the grizzly bear. With the... The size of that crocodile, I don't think that grizzly bear would have been fighting him by the time it grabbed onto him. Because when a crocodile comes up out of the water, part of the damage it does to something isn't it biting them. It's just the sheer impact of them right. hitting something. Right, It's It's like, and the bigger the croc is, the more powerful of force it has when it hits into something. Mm-hmm. So it's like getting hit with like a sledgehammer when it ju- shoots out of the water. The big thing you don't want is to be bitten by a crocodile. There's a reason, if you've ever watched, like, Steve Irwin or anybody mm-hmm. else like that, crocodiles, they don't really have any force opening their jaws. That's why you, if you jump up on their back and you close down their jaws, I mean, they're going to roll around But it's and like stuff. a clamp shut, isn't it's, it? Yeah, they're, they're, they can't, like, if you get the, your hands around a croc's mouth and you're forcing its mouth closed, they struggle to open their mouth. Right, they don't but have I any mean, power when it comes open. closed. When it comes closed, yeah. on the other hand, they have about 3,700 pounds per square oh. inch. Of bite pressure. Wouldn't that, that like shatter your bones? Oh, yeah. It, oh. They'll bite things and it'll shatter things oh right away. Oh, my God. It, they've got the strongest bite in the animal kingdom. Nothing beats a saltwater crocodile. It sounds like a, like a spring trap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's scary. And then as you alluded to before, they'll bite down on something. They'll pull it into the water. And then they do because they, they can't chew. Mm-hmm. Mammals chew. Right. And where they're able to bite something and chew it in their mouth and swallow it. Alligators and crocodiles cannot so they go through a death roll where they bite down on something they spin and they rip so it, it just so it rips it apart and shreds oh. so they swallow stuff whole okay let's make our we need to make a movie about this because this is scary like this is real life real life is scary i mean they touch upon it in the movie there are some great crocodile movies out there but like like rogue's pretty great uh alligator's great but man it's and I'm not they're, saying... They're neat. They're, I, yeah. I love crocodiles and alligators and all that. Like, when we go to the zoo, that's one of my favorite exhibits. And, I mean, they're not, like, running around or anything. They're usually just, like, chilling out there. But they're so fucking cool. They're one of the oldest creatures on, on the planet. And they're it's just, like, you're looking at that thing. 
and you're just like, hey, that's a fucking dinosaur. Look at that thing. I forget. Do crocodiles have teeth on the outside or? Uh, I think what it, ah, shit. I mean, you caught me in a bad time. I know. No, no, no. I it's think, okay. Well, no, I, if I'm correct on this, it's, they. I mean, they both have teeth on the outside. Alligators, right. they have like a rounded kind oh, of snout. Okay. And crocodiles, they have kind of a more pointed snout. Oh, okay. That's just kind of a generalization, like how to right. tell them apart. I wonder, I mean, they're obviously in the same like species, but like, I wonder if they're from yeah, the same. Yeah, they're known as crocodilians. Okay. Huh. I wonder what the difference is as far as like, I would be interested to go through and like make a, you know, crocodile side and alligator side and see all the differences, but they obviously have, di- you know, differences. Otherwise they wouldn't be separate species. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're neat. like, I don't think you obviously can't have, I guess I don't know for sure, but I don't think you can have like an alligator and a crocodile have a child by any means. Like a hybrid? Yeah. You know, like how, I don't a, know. Like, like how a donkey and a horse can have a mule. I don't, oh, I don't right. think you can do that with an alligator. Like or a crocodile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's another fun fact. It's Maine. They have the crocodiles here. So one of the questions for that movie is, how did they live so long up here when you have harsh winters? Obviously, there's not any crocodilians that go that far north, but they have had weird freak flash freezes down in the south. Mm, mm -hmm. And somehow the alligators down in the south, they can sense when the water's getting too cold or when it's snowing. So they'll go to the top of the water. They'll stick their heads straight up. So when the lake freezes... Their snouts are above the water so they can continue to breathe and they're okay. That's crazy. Obviously, I don't know Madness. for an expen- like an extended period of time. I don't know how that works with them. So well, you think as a reptile, they'd get cold, like too cold. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a, a short-term thing that they're able to do. Right. I don't, I don't think a crocodile is going to be able to live in a lake for what, on average five months in the middle of the winter no i don't think so either. i don't know unless betty white's throwing a heater <laughs> for him i don't know i don't know she but, seems very accommodating so but they're also guessing that was another thing they pulled out of their ass is that the crocodile live the crocodiles were there for like 100 150 years how the fuck do they know that they're not like taking dna evidence of the crocodiles or anything there's been nobody like yep yeah, i've lived on this lake for this long and i saw that crocodile there i don't know they're pulling a lot of things from this movie out of their ass it's a fun time though it's fun Oh, and then there's also, have you ever heard, was a myth, but that crocodiles sleep with one eye open? I feel like I've seen crocodiles not close their eyes when they sleep. Or... Well, they'll close their eyes when they sleep, but they there's only a certain amount of animals in the animal kingdom, but crocodilians can do it. When they sleep, they can sleep with one half of their brain asleep and the other side awake. So they'll keep one eye open, and it's primarily like a Thing so that nothing grabs them or anything i'm so convinced we're the dumb species in the animal kingdom <laughs> like that's crazy well, i mean they did they did a study where crocodiles are more likely to sleep with one eye open when like humans are around versus just other crocodiles because mm. i don't know if you knew this for the most part i wouldn't say necessarily they're cannibalistic but they can't be very territorial so if yeah. they got bigger crocodiles in the area they'll fucking bite mm. but those are some croc facts i don't know i just thought of the shoes for a second oh. Like Crocs. <laughs> Stupid. No. That's some Croc facts for you. So let's stop the intermission and go back into the movie with Bottom of the Box. Don't forget to end your trip to the snack bar with your choice of a sugary, soury, or chocolatey candy treat. You want to end your trip to the drive-in right by treating yourself to some candy and ending at the bottom of the box. So here we are at Bottom of the Box. About halfway through the movie, they decide 
the crocodile is a unique species and they probably should save it after it's murdered some people. I shouldn't say murdered because obviously it, did. it has a cro- vengeance. It's not sitting there under the, the lake, like <laughs> writing notes about like, I'm going to get that fucker. He is definitely picky choosy though. <laughs> but the, this is where the tone of the movie shifts a little bit in terms of like, we got to save him. So we get the big action climax of the movie where they're trying to lure the croc out to shore so they can shoot it with darts. And during the sequence, the croc gets stuck in a helicopter. They do trank him and he does fall asleep or not fall asleep. He just gets, I guess, just tranquilized. He's tranquilized and he's stuck inside the helicopter and they're arguing about. And they trank him a lot, by the way. Like, yeah. I mean, like you can over trank an animal. It, so... it plays like uplifting music for like, no, don't hurt him. Because there's a moment it looks like Bill Pullman's going to kill the crocodile and he shoots it with another dart. And then here comes the fucking other crocodile up out of the water. <laughs> like, haha, I got you. Did I fool you? And just kind of tugs at Oliver Platt a little bit. And then they blow the fucking head off of the creature. So the end of the movie, they put the crocodile on a flatbed truck. And they're taking it to, what was it, an abandoned oil shelter that Oliver Platt owns for yeah, some I think reason. So. And the end of the movie is Betty White feeding the babies of these two crocodiles in the lake. I also want to point out there's a myth that like crocodiles and crocodilians constantly keep growing. That is a myth. Like I don't know where that got perpetuated, but they do get old and they do die of old age. Mm. But you forgot the most important part of the end of this movie. Kelly and Bill uh Bill Pullman's, Pullman's character. character. Jack Wells, yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, I could move to Wayne or move to Wayne, Maine. Maine. And they drive off into the sunset together. So in <laughs> what we can only describe as love. Well, that was my question at the end of this movie. I was like, so when was there a time during this movie that she wasn't bitching at him? And like, no, they have the weirdest <laughs> like chemistry to the point that when it's kind of hinted at that they like each other at the end, at the end of the movie, you're like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> I feel like we were missing a few scenes, not just in that relationship, but just how did we know the croc was there? Why did, you know, the professor show up? You know, why are we saving it? And definitely, why are these two together? So it was just kind of a like, you know, we watched this movie. We have questions, but there are sequels. So maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, it'll get answered yes, in like the sequels. Two. Of course, who could forget the sequels such as Anaconda versus Lake Placid oh with CGI effects that are worse than the water in this movie? <laughs> no. Okay, well, well, we need to watch it to see if we get answers to our questions but that is lake placid from 1999 how much do you think it cost to make this movie 1999 i'm gonna say i don't know 800,000. is that really low that's really low. okay well okay i was thinking that i was like 1990 okay give me one more chance 45 million i mean you're not they estimate around 27 to 35 million dollars because they had to keep doing reshoots every once in a while okay just because they're dealing with a giant animatronic crocodile. And again, I would not be surprised to find out they were like, they shot a PG-13 movie and went more gore effects and they went back and shot mm-hmm. the gore effects for this movie. How much do you think this movie made at the box office? I don't want to like, I'm trying to think. Because I thought this movie was great when I first saw it. Like, I mean, like, not that I don't think it's we'll great, that. but. There's, there's a specific kind of thing about this movie. I'm talking just box office. 22 million yeah too low it made 56.9 million dollars at the box office but let me ask this question did you see this movie in theaters no no where did you see it (laughs) sci-fi 
Okay, and I mean, it's on site. Or VHS. Yeah. So it had a pretty, I don't know how much money it made on like the home video market, mm-hmm. but it pr- it was like a big like rental staple for a okay. lot. I mean, I think that's where a, like a majority of people who've seen it saw it renting the movie. So it had a healthy like rental cycle throughout the- That's good. I mean- I mean, I- that's why we have all these like made for TV sequels on sci-fi. I'm happy for it. I mean, I, th- I think it deserves it because I think it's one of those where like you watched it I with your family. And- I think it's fun, but yeah. it's, I would not classify it as a great movie. I'm going to. But that is Lake Placid, 1999. What are we going to do for the score for this movie? I feel like crocodiles just seem really easy. You know Did you mean? crocodiles? No. Big toes. Big toes? <laughs> How many big toes do you give Lake Placid? Oh, okay. If you would have asked me this before we watched it, I would have said five. Because I, I didn't know any better. No, I'm just... Man, I think after watching it, I still had a good time and I still had good memories, but I have to give it like a three because it's just not as good as I remember it, which really sucks for me. But I think I would watch it again with my parents because it has that like nostalgia. You know what I mean? So I'm going to give it three big toes out of five. I'm going to give it two and a half big toes out of five. The only reason it's two and a half is because Oliver Platt is in the movie. <laughs> I will recommend this movie. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but it's a it's a blast to watch. Especially if you were to get okay, COVID is hopefully kinda of dying down. If you get you if you and your vaccinated friends have a party where you're drinking, watching in Lake Placid, that is a good ass time. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. But we watched Lake Placid this week, Aaron what is our theme for next week? It's summer camp. Summer camp. We are starting a summer camp movie when school is starting. <laughs> but I am so fucking excited for a summer camp horror movie. That is one of my favorite subgenres. Yeah. What about you? We actually talked about that, I think, around some of our first episodes when we were watching Fear Street. And they came out with Fear Street 77. 78. Something like that, yes, yeah, yeah. 78. We haven't had a good new sum- summer camp movie in a long-ass time, and that was just, like, I so refreshing. Love- well, summer camp horror movies, specifically, I shouldn't say, I mean, you have different kind of genres of those, subgenres of those, mm-hmm. but summer camp, like, slashers in particular just feel like quintessential 80s horror awesome. I agree. It's, I love me some classic summer camp horror films. But that will do it for this week's episode of It Came From the Midwest, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. And Aaron. And we'd like you to to have have a safe safe drive home. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of It Came from the Midwest, a horror movie podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handle at ICFTMPodcast. It Came From the Midwest is written, edited, and produced by Andrew Halsey and Aaron Smith.